listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 52 of the Fox on the Wire podcast. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Hope everyone had a very nice Christmas. I uh, hope you ate too much and drank too much and got way too many presents. I've been enjoying a couple of days off uh, over the Christmas period, and I thought what better time to smash out another podcast episode. So today we'll be speaking with Brad Ma from the Aussie rock and roll band Massive. Brad's actually based in Germany at the moment, so we're battling a 10-hour or so time difference over Zoom. Uh, We cover a wide range of things during our chat. It was great to catch up with Brad, and you'll find that he's a wealth of knowledge. So I hope you really enjoy our chat today. I really enjoyed catching up with him and uh, delving into various things. Just a quick reminder to please follow Fox on the Wire on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I am aiming to uh, get out more video content of the podcast in 2021. I do have a YouTube channel, but there's not much on there at the moment. So that's one of my main goals for 2021 is to get more video content uh, of the podcast. As we reach out to different countries all over the world, um, we're getting more people tuning in from various countries all over the world, which is fantastic. So Feel free to hit me up with any uh, feedback or issues or, you know, just if you want to say hi, uh, you can email me at foxonthewire at gmail.com. And uh, we've got a pretty rocking Fox on the Wire Spotify playlist happening too, which I'll put a link in the show notes. I've just added some tunes from Amy Francis and after today I've added a few songs from Massive. So let's get into today's episode with Brad. Just want to wish everyone a happy new year. Let's hope 2021 looks better for everyone and um, we'll see you in the new year. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please share if you do. Cheers. All right. Brad Ma, welcome to Fox on the Wire. G'day, man. How you doing? I'm good, sir. Thanks for How are me. you? I'm uh, yeah, doing all right. Doing doing fine. Just uh, middle of the night here in in Germany, but you know, having a coffee and and using my time wisely, as wise as I can. Yeah. Cool. Well, like you said, you can't really go anywhere anyway, can you? You're in lockdown no. over there. It's uh still 2020 for a few more days, so the world's still officially, you know, screwed. <laughs> Yeah, so what's uh, what's lockdown look like over in Germany at the moment? Well, at the moment, with everything's closed. Um, but mm. people, I th- you know, all my friends in Australia, I still have them on Facebook and everything. But um, people over here take it better. Like they don't. Th- there's no conspiracy theories. That the news doesn't overhype things. Everyone's just you know takes it in their stride and stays home for a month or two, and you know. Yeah goes into rations i think the uh the germans are a little bit more prepared for <laughs> for controversy mm. and and things than than the aussies are so yeah it's not it's not the end of the world we just you know don't do anything <laughs> for a couple of months you know focus on focus on the good things you know was christmas uh sort of totally cancelled like in the uk or yeah pretty much we had the uh mm. i had the the mother and and the parents in laws come over just yep. to uh, say hello and everything, but um, yeah, no big, you know, dinners or celebrations or anything. So you know, jeez, what a year! Is man. what it is. Been, yeah, crazy, isn't crazy. it? <laughs> we've um, we've actually cancelled, we've cancelled three tours this year. So 
yeah. or postponed them. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, some uh, some really good tours there from what I could sort of see, you know, really big big shows for you guys over there. So that would have been just absolutely yeah. devastating. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the good thing with um, the festivals and, and all that is it's all going to roll over to 2021. You know, we're not going to we're not going to lose the opportunities. We just have to, you know, you know, count our losses and and wait a year basically and we we had yeah. you know big plans for this year to we're coming back to Australia to do a live DVD um at Max Watts in Melbourne and yep. we were going to record a new album um and we just haven't done anything we had to uh yeah postpone it all so yeah we'll get on with it <laughs> yeah i think of uh a lot of bands that would have been in well every band really you know i'm sure every band had plans big or small and um couldn't really do any of them i know Oh, what's the band name? Escape me for the moment. Um, another Aussie rock band. They had some big tours lined up. I think with Iron Maiden and support slots. Oh, was it was it Airborne? Uh, Airborne, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw that they they had like fifty, sixty shows across Europe booked. But um, yeah, yeah. But they 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 do they do perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, next year I'm sure they'll have another sixty or seventy shows with Iron Maiden and and whoever else. So yeah. But I mean, it's 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 big and small. Like every band that we know and we work with, you know, it's just, you know, had to rethink your plans and think outside the box too. Like a lot of bands, not the bands at the bottom of the level, cause you know, they, you know, working for a living and, and, and whatnot. And the bands at the top, you know, probably have a, you know, a slush fund of money ready to go, but the bands that are kind of in the middle that, you know, are making enough money to, to consider music a full-time job, but then have to work nine months a year to keep that going. You know, they're the ones yeah. that are really struggling. They're the ones that have to go and do we get a job somewhere else or do we push on for a year and go into, go into debt? So those are the ones yeah. that have struggled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a massive thing, you know, being able to get yourself to a point of being able to live off your music. Um, you're obviously working, you know, around the clock, uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, uh, to be able to do that and just to have that basically shut down on you uh, would have been oh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> devastating, I can imagine. So yeah, absolutely. I, I know so many like so many bands that you know that do it all themselves. Over here in the UK, like there's a there's a big movement of rock bands coming up, and uh, you know they're making enough money to to consider it, you know, to, for it to be worthwhile. And yep. then all of a sudden, just just you know you're working 24 hours a day and there's no money coming in. All the gigs are postponed. All the gigs are canceled. And mm. uh, right now, like we've been lucky cause we've, you know, we released a cookbook <laughs> of all things. We released a, released a yeah, rock and roll cookbook. Um, you know, and, and it was, we, we can all cook like they're real recipes and they're our recipes, but the idea was to make some money really, you know, yep. give, give people a cool Christmas gift to, to buy for their friends and family. But for us, it was a necessity. Um, and now, just as of this week, we can't post outside, you know, to the UK or outside of each country. Like, all the, the posts are shut down. So, our merch wow. has basically stopped as of this week um, until oh, further notice. So, it's, you know, it's one thing after the other. Far out. Just having your legs pulled out from under you. I mean... Yeah, um, I mean, our, actually, only, our only source of income at the moment for the band was merch and that's just been stopped basically in its tracks. Man, well, <laughs> I actually 
I don't talk about it very often, but I actually work for Australia Post. Um, ah, so, the enemy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I worked through this whole thing and I, you know, it became very evident how uh, essential we were for all sorts of businesses to be able to move to an online format yeah. um, and be able to send things you know, through the mail, uh, whether it be musicians or, or whatever. Um, a lot of people moved to their merch and online side of things because, you know, their shops shut down or um, you couldn't play gigs and that sort of thing. So that's pretty devastating for you guys to have that yeah. pulled out from under you as well. We, we were sort of lucky in Australia because we, we run all our merch from over here. Um, you know, international shipping if you set it up right and we've got a merch store and, and it's all official, it's not much more expensive to post, you know, a merch item or, you know, three or four merch items um, from Germany than it is to send from Melbourne to, to Queensland. If you send it right and if you do it correctly, it, it, it works out just just fine, you know, add a few yeah. dollars on extra for, for postage and whatever. But we knew that it was going to be hard to send out the cookbooks especially. So we, we had, you know, 500 cookbooks shipped to Australia from our merch store in Germany um, just in time because we can't post from over here now back to Australia, you know, small yep. items. So so at the moment there's, you know, 500 cookbooks, not 500 anymore, we've sold a bunch, but a whole bunch of cookbooks sitting in a, in a storage room in Australia wow. for one of our mates to go out and send them out <laughs> whenever we sell a book. So it's pretty crazy. Cool. The things That's we had to idea. do just to, the things we had to do just to get by, you know, yeah. things we used to take for granted, you know, selling, selling something online, you know, take it all down to the post office on a Monday and send it all out. Now we've got, you know, bunches of merchants here and, and, you know, in different countries and different places and people having to help us out. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's good you've been able to adapt, even though it sucks that you had to sort of go to those sort of lengths, but uh, yeah. you've obviously got people willing to help you out and stuff. So, but yeah, I saw your, you know, I saw your cookbook there and I was flicking through the, the massive facebook feed and i've got to say it made me pretty hungry you know there's lots of yeah. photos of good looking food there so i might we, have to um, pick up one of these cookbooks <laughs> yeah yeah maybe we'll, we'll shoot you one over no problems um we um we all found out we can cook each other can cook by staying in airbnbs we'd all fight for the kitchen and oh, wow. you know when, when we're on tour you know when you're when we play like you know 30 or 40 shows in in 50 days and you're eating truck stop food and, and just eating, yep. you know, pies out of a, out of a you know service station. It, every time you have a kitchen and a day off and time to cook, man, it's it's like it's heaven. <laughs> so wow. you know, on, yeah, I, I don't know if you can see it now. You probably can't. This post is right there for all our tours. Um, but um, yeah, like we'd have like five days off and we'd all just fight for a kitchen and whip up some curries or just food to make us feel like home. And then, yeah, <laughs> then, it, then it came to uh, what are we going to do for the next six weeks or two months or three months of this lockdown? We all started posting cookbook, you know, cooking photos. And then, um, yeah, you know, a couple of beers later and a couple of crazy ideas later. And it's writing a cookbook takes a long time, man. I don't know if you've ever tried to to put <laughs> a book together. Jesus Christ. It was... Um, the, the, the cooking was the easy part. It's dinner. And then you sit down at the computer and try and make it look like a book. Um, yeah. Yeah, that took a lot longer than we expected. But, um, yeah, we've now we're, wow. we're musicians who have a book out. So here we are. Yeah, that's 
pretty incredible. That's a great idea. So is uh, being able to cook one of the, you know, requirements to be in Massive these days? It's not a requirement to be in Massive. I reckon it's a requirement to be in a, a touring band. Like, mm. I think it's so important. Um, well, it is for us because we drink a lot. So, you know, <laughs> if you have if you have a day where you can just sit down to a nice bloody meal at the end of it all then you can you know pick yourself back up before the next you know before the next drinking session i guess wow Goodbye. that's a great effort <laughs> great effort i can't cook for whatever but you know um, no, then you, i, then I you won't need pretend it. to but may, maybe i need you, this book and maybe that'll yeah, just change say. everything for me <laughs> get yourself some dinners in you <laughs> yeah then next time we catch up for another episode in a year or so i can uh tell you how much my life has changed <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's it's a it's not a rock and roll thing, is it? The home cooking cookbook for your for your kitchen needs, but um, yeah, I think we made it made it cool enough to to be massive. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. So where can people pick that up? Just from your website, or yeah, website's easiest. We've got a couple of local stores selling it, but get it off our website yep. it makes us more money. So <laughs> yeah, just so massiveoz.com. dot com. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. I'll chuck a, a link in the show notes. And people yeah, can please do pick it up. Yep. So um, a lot of artists, I think it was a bit harder for bands, but a lot of bands did it still, um, did the whole online live gig thing. Did you guys get into that at all? I saw you did an acoustic performance or two. Yeah, we, we couldn't really do much live performances because we don't live anywhere near each other. Um, yeah. We're all, we're all 10 hours apart minimum, so... Um, we only ever get together for tours. So, you know, I, I set up my lounge room. I put up the stage banner right across this lounge room on the other side of this computer. And, you know, yep. I set up Christmas lights in the middle of, of May and made my, my, my house look like a um, like a stage and, and just did some live concerts, I guess. But it, yeah. it was more for sanity reasons. I just was going to go mad if I didn't play music. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, put a tip jar up and if people tip me, that's great. But, you know, just to to plug in the mic and, and piss off my neighbors and then, you know, make some noise was good yep. for me, good for the soul, you know? So, yeah. 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 Cool. So there's four of you guys from Massive. Where are you yep. sort of located? You're obviously in Germany. Where are the other I'm guys? In, uh, the drummer's in Newcastle. Um, the guitarist is still in Melbourne. Um, and, and the bass player <laughs> currently lives in uh, Turalgan in, Mel- in Victoria. <laughs> Right. So we're all over the shop, man. Um, we we don't we, we we do all our you know band meetings over over Skype or Facebook chat or whatever. Um, yep. And you know we all we all obviously practice the sets at home and whatever. And then when it comes to going on tour, we don't we don't do a five date tour. We do a thirty or forty or fifty date tour. Um, yeah. And have three or four rehearsals before we go on the road and catch up and you know, see how much weight we've all put on and how big our beards have grown in the time we've been away. So. <laughs> yeah, especially in 2020. I think everyone's yeah. you know, pack, packed it on a little bit. So Sitting on your yeah. ass for, for six months at a time is pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. So when did you decide to make the move to Germany and why did you, why did you move there? Yeah, well, in in twenty sixteen, we we kind of had this idea of just coming to Europe and um, for a year, um, and filling up as much of the tour schedule as we can. And and we had a we had a pretty big label um, 
putting putting us on things and you know like metal hammer and 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 kerrang magazine were, were putting our names in their magazines so it was was worthwhile for us to come over um and we we had like 40 or 50 dates booked and we had hard rock hell festival on the main stage it was great um and within 90 days we were bankrupt um and we had to basically come back home to australia because we ran out of money and you know it was too hard and it was it was full on like we just the, the you know going on tour and having an end date is one thing but going on tour and just saying you're gonna go and until forever and slogging it out you know it, you never get that pick me back up you never get that stop and lose the you know gain the momentum back and and you know have that want to go back on tour you're just constantly bashing your brain into the ground so we we wore ourselves out in, in 2016 and really kind of lost lost the love for it but um yeah we all went back to australia and i kind of started writing the next album and whatever um booked the next you know we had some 2017 dates booked already we played rambling man fair with with zz top you know we're on an hour before wow. zz top so it was really cool to be yeah. to be playing to all their fans um but yeah then i you know i i, I stayed um for a couple of months uh, went on Tinder and now I have a family. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats on the on the. How old's your yeah. baby now? Was- he's two. He's two and a half. So he's, two, he's yeah. not really a baby anymore. He's a he's a right. crazy little kid. But um, yeah. Like the the plan was always to to come here and move here. The the rock and roll scene here is is so much better than Australia. Yep. Like there's there's a there's a ladder to climb. You know. The, in Australia, I think you, you'll find like you can you can be that good local band and you can pull your two hundred friends. You know that's the kind of the limit for a local band is get to that level where you can pack a club. Um, yeah. But to get to that le- next level of the major festivals and that you can't do it in Australia unless you're on Triple J and and rock and roll is not on Triple J anymore. So you know for us the only the only way forward was to come to Europe. Um, yeah. And yeah, for us having having me on the ground, we don't have to all be out here slogging it all the time. We can tour, go home, you know, have our own lives, and then go back on tour and, and just keep producing content and keep you know keeping it relevant um, is important. But we just as long as we're back on the road every year and and the, the shows keep getting bigger and the, the the opportunities, the festivals keep getting bigger, it, it works mm. for us. Um, and yep. and yeah, like I think we're in a really good position where we've got we've got some guys in Australia, we've got some guys over here, and we just we just go on tour when we need to. It's really cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like, I mean, it is getting harder to sort of see a successful path down here in Australia. I, th- I think, um, and I think for what you guys do, the type of music you do, there seems to be a a really good market for you guys over there. Absolutely, because um, I think it going back to Airborne again. Like they, I think they tour over there quite a bit, don't they? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Europe. Like they're they're household names over here, and and it's funny because you tell people uh, when we're here, and people go, "Oh, you're Australian, you know Airborne." Yeah, I used to live two streets from from Joel. Yeah. You know, it's just and and Ryan O'Keefe. It was just you know, they're an Aussie band. We're an Aussie band. We're both doing similar things. Of course, we know each other, but the people over here have no idea how you know they're big in australia but they're not anywhere near as big as they are over here they yeah. they are they are you know the rock band over here now 
So when you tell a a German or a, or a Brit how you know in Australia Airborne are a, a big band, but radio won't touch them, and, and festivals you know don't care, they they can't believe yeah. it. It's Airborne. How can Australia not care about Airborne? You know. Yeah. So what's what's going wrong there? I mean, that's probably a big thing to dissect. But what's what's the problem there? It's you know, I think we like their style of music down here as absolutely fans of music. So why don't get they why don't they get those big opportunities? Like what's well, what's going wrong there? It's pretty it's pretty easy to say that rock's not dead. Like if you go to a Screaming Jets concert ah. or a Rose Tattoo concert, there's still fans. They're still packing out rooms. You know, you go to a Red Hot Summer tour, um, and it's yep. got six six bands, none of them from this century. They're all from the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. Um and there's 10,000 people there all singing every song. Um, mm. So the, the music's not dead. The people still like the music. It's just it, over here, for example, there is 50 festivals like that bands, as long as you're good um, and as long as you're working hard, if you're a small band, it doesn't matter. You'll still get a spot on a festival. The opening spots, yeah. uh, you know, all the, all the small stages on festivals over here are dedicated to new bands. Um, and that's not the case in Australia. You know, download over here, the the fourth stage is all local bands. All the bands that we sort of know, uh, in the UK at least, they've all played download. (laughs) Can you Mm. imagine, like, all your mates' bands, as long as they're working, have all played a a festival in front of 80,000 people, and you don't get that in Australia at all. So that's the difference, you know. it's it's There's there's those ladders of the success to climb up in in the UK and, and in Europe and not in Australia, so... So is it the older bands like the Red Hot Summer Tours and that they're not just, or they're just not bringing on new bands, they're just using those same bunch of already successful older bands, they're not sort of bringing in the newer bands to sort of give them yep. a platform? 100% man, um, and it's not yeah. the band's fault, like you, you can't blame no. Jimmy Barnes for going out there and making money, it's his job, you know. Um, if he gets the offer, it's not his job to say no, give it to someone younger. <laughs> he should take it, absolutely. The promoters, on the other hand, you know, and nothing against like the opening bands on those on those festivals. Um, it's just the opening band is a 90s one-hit wonder or an 80s one-hit wonder. How many people are spending $150 to go to Red Hot Summer Tour to see the opening band? Um who probably only has, you know, 500 diehard fans. They just have a one-hit wonder in the 80s, so they're, they're still getting the spots. You know, if you could give that spot to a younger band, the the, the numbers of the crowds are not going to change. People are still going to come watch Jimmy Barnes and they're still going to come watch, you know, the Hoodoo Gurus or Screaming Jets, yeah. but they're also getting something new. And, and you know, I can tell you right now, this this every single local band in Australia would play one of those festivals probably for free, you know, or for a couple of hundred bucks. Mm. So the festival's saving money, the crowd are getting something new, and yeah. the bands the bands are getting exposure to people who like rock music. It's it's you know, it's so common sense, it's so basic, it's dumb that they don't do it. Yeah. Well, that sort of actually takes me back to when your older band and our band, I'm, it's hard to think back that far. It's a bit foggy, but I'm pretty sure we shared some stages together or at least, you know, bumped into yeah. each other here and there. I'm trying um, to think back when, yeah, it was like 
12 years ago or something like that, wasn't it? I'm trying to look. I think back when yeah. Misty Fizz was a thing. <laughs> it was a while. Yeah, yeah. Your band, <laughs> Misty Fizz, and my band, Own Kind. Um, you know, it was probably even 2005, 6, 7, around there. But Did we, we had, do one um, of those Mick Legrand shows yes. together? I knew it. I was trying yeah. to think back of what it was. But yeah, <laughs> Mick Legrand, yeah. is the name to go back? <laughs> yeah, and that's like we had the opportunity to support the bigger bands because he was running, um, you know, Screaming Jets shows, yeah, Hoodoo Gurus, She Had, Airborne was one of them, like all those sort of things. And bands like yours and mine had the opportunity to support them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we had to, it, you know, it wasn't easy. We had to sell tickets and, of course, you know, really work for it. But it, it's still a business in the end. Still there. The, the promoter, the promoter is, you know, gambling his own money, his or her mm-hmm. own money to put on this big show. Um, yep. And, you know, I, I understand, like, you know, the Red Hot Summer Tour is going to, you know, make sure that they make money. They don't want to do this and lose money. So I yep. get that. Mick Legrand's way of doing it was, you know, risk all this money on, on a big band and then get the support bands to sell a ton of tickets. Um mm-hmm. But the support bands will be willing to do it because they're playing to a big band. It, it's just a, it's just yeah. kind of a balance thing. There's actually a, an Australian promoter now called Silverback Touring. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, or them, but yep. they're kind of doing something similar. Like they're bringing out big bands. They're actually bringing out international bands and doing a similar thing of getting local bands as a support. And it's it's really cool because you know there's a Sydney band called Bad Moon Born who are getting all these great supports played with, you know, Buck Cherry and 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 um, mm-hmm. hardcore superstar and bands like this. So they're getting that kind of exposure in Australia. Um, but one promoter doing it's not going to change the scene. You know, it's it's got to be an industry wide, you know, focus towards the future. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might be enough to sort of you know, inspire someone else to do a similar thing and then it goes on from there. But Yeah, um, well, if they make money, you know, promoters want money. So, if it makes money, then yeah. other promoters will look at it and go, yeah, sure. Yeah, but we had a pretty good run there for a little while, you know, we're playing some good shows to a, a packed Furniture Gully hotel room and that sort of thing. <laughs> That's right. It was really good, you know. It was... Um, was it? We played, but I, I think we sort played of with that. Butterfly Effect and I think we played with Screaming Jets and um, yeah. we actually did a we did a Shannon Knoll one. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I yeah. just thought, was, you know, Shannon Knoll brings a big crowd. Most of them are 50-year-old mums, but we'll, you know, we'll rock it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, it was good times, but I, was, I couldn't specifically remember some of the gigs that you and I sort of shared. Um pretty sure it was one at music land that wasn't yeah, yeah. an nlg one no no of course um but uh yeah it's a bit it's a bit uh foggy they, um, going back that far <laughs> i don't know if you've been but, to music land in the last 10 years but they've completely changed that place um i actually did a podcast with them probably about a month or two ago um yeah and the whole place looks completely different they, those guys just renovate and make that place like a you know this two-tiered bloody rock concert venue in the middle of Faulkner of all places. Like, yeah, it's they should be getting bigger, bigger shows there because of, just because of the the greatness of that venue. It's awesome. Right? Yeah, I haven't been there for for quite a while. I've got to say. Um, yeah, but it should be more popular than than it is because you know being located on that side of town, there's not much else out there for live music. Yeah, so, I think it's more. I think if it's more a matter of just them getting out there and, and you know maybe taking on the risk of taking out and getting a big band out there. I'm sure that people would right. come out, come out to Faulkner to see a big band play. It's just yeah. 
again, money. It's a, it's always a yeah. it's always a problem. Have they still got the music shop at the front? Yeah, yeah. They've the got venue. a music shop. They've got a they got a second venue out the back now. Um, wow. That wasn't there when the last time I was there. I just saw it on the uh, having the little video Skype chat with them. Then walked through the yep. venue. So yeah, it's crazy. Okay. So, yeah, going back to the whole opportunities thing down here in Australia, I mean, even for for radio and for music videos, there's just, there's not much at all, is there? No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I mean, you can't, you can, you can say Triple M doesn't play enough new music, but they're a commercial radio station. They, yeah. they sort of have to play to their sponsors and their, their audience, mm. you know, they still have to make money to, to be on the air. The, the Triple J side of it, though, is is the letdown. You know, that's a government-run mm. radio station. They they should be representative of the music industry, of yeah. what people are playing. So if people are playing rock music, Triple J shouldn't snub it. They should be playing rock music too. And I get that, you know, rock isn't as popular as it used to be. So, yes, mm. the, the indie, the pop, the, the dance and techno and whatever else out there is happening – Sure, that has to be represented as well, but there still has to be a point where you go, yeah, Airborne are, are smashing it. Airborne have a lot of fans. Airborne should yeah. be on Triple J, and and us and and every other rock band that's trying out there to to get a name. If you've got fans and they're young and they're and they're coming to gigs, you should be represented on Triple J, and it's not. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a major problem in Australia. In the UK, um, there's Planet Rock Radio. Um, it's a digital station, but they have a million listeners on average and they play new music. They play a lot of old stuff, um, but they're not bound to like the old stereo Southern Cross that Triple M is, you know, they're not bound to that. They've still got a, you know, still got corporate sponsors and everything, but you know, it's so much easier if you have, if you, if you invest in a radio plugger and some PR and your song's good, most likely you'll at least get a few spins on planet rock radio in the UK. And you will, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping for dear life to get a, you know, one spin on the new music show on, in, on Triple M. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be getting tougher and tougher. I mean, I know as a musician myself, you know, just getting a radio interview and just, you know, different things like that. Getting my video on Rage, which not yeah. long ago was, was possible. It's just impossible now and... I mean, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast, I think, was to create another platform for all of us, you know, as small time as I am right now, you know, I'm hoping I can build and build and build and just just create another platform for us, you know, it's... um, It's good to, you know, use use the platform like this to to talk about stuff and exchange ideas with bands and you know i i love podcasts i listen to podcasts all the time not just music podcasts i listen to you know everything because you know it's just something easy to listen to so if you can yeah you know exchange ideas and have this kind of platform to talk about rock and roll it's you know it's all the all the better really you know music's moving forward these days it's always it's not so much about you know to these days over here especially it's more about like spotify playlists and stuff like that that's really important that's the new radio so you know as long as you keep thinking forward and and moving towards something better and newer then you know you're not out of the game at least that's for sure yeah yeah the spotify thing's a a big thing that's something i've focused on more this year as a as a musician like uh you know releasing singles at a time uh which i've normally done albums in the past but 
yeah, sort yeah, of, of on course. the single option this time and focused on the Spotify playlist aspect. So, yeah. It's, a, so, it's the new norm now is, is five singles before your album, you know. Even if yeah. they don't have video clips, it's just single, 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 single. And then, you know, if you're going to release an album, those five songs are already on the album, but you've you've already had six months of promotion with your singles. So, yeah, yeah. you know. It's good that we can control all that ourselves, though. As as oh, artists, you know, we don't. Yeah, people so, people go people go that you know you're not making enough money off Spotify. It's ripping off the artists and whatever. But uh, yes, sure, m- making yeah. more money would be great. But also, you know, twenty years ago, making an album and distributing it to the entire world would have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, yeah, to to get it in stores in a different country would be almost impossible. Um, yeah. and now you can, now you can do all of that for a few grand in your lounge room or your bedroom, um, yeah, and have the exact same, have the exact same result. So yeah, you make yeah. less money. You also save an impossible amount of money getting it out there. So, you know, it balances. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, we have to rely on the bigger bands and that to sort of go after Spotify for more royalties, you know, um, yeah. us here on the ground don't really have much, uh, clout to sort of demand spotify to pay more money but maybe one day who knows ah, you know the thing is the thing is if they you know if they upped their their royalties from 0.0004 to 0.005 you and me would never even notice the difference no. spotify spotify would lose tens of billions of dollars and the the big artists would be making all, all the money anyway so it yeah. wouldn't actually change anything except for make spotify a, a you know a poorer place so yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a beautiful thing, really. You know the reach that we can get, and um, even as a music listener, it's fantastic. You know, it's not not expensive, um, and you've just got access to all this music just at the tip of your fingers. It's yeah, man. it's a beautiful thing, really. Yeah, chuck I'm, it on when I'm you're huge. when you're driving or when you're going for a run or yeah. whatever. It's just music yeah. in your ears. It's really cool. Yeah, it's got podcasts on there as well, and you know, with yeah, like absolutely. the Joe Rogan podcast now, you got the video on yeah. Spotify now. Yep, so, that's cool, man. It's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. you guys have got three or four albums. We've got three albums out. Uh, the fourth album's yep. written. Um, yeah, it's basically all demoed. We're just obviously waiting now. We're <laughs> waiting till we can get right. in a get in a country together and and do it all. Um, you know, we contemplated doing it sort of like like in satellites, going going to a studio here and you know getting the drums done. And then sending over the files and, and doing some tracking <laughs> guitars, but uh, you know we're still old school in the in the recording. We still mm. want to get in a studio and play live and and get that vibe. So it's better to wait. Better to wait, even if it's a year or two, it doesn't matter. Better to wait and yeah. get in a studio and make make rock and roll the way it's supposed to be. So yeah, yeah. So that was obviously the plan this year. Um, do you know where you're gonna re- record it? Like where you plan to do it? No, we were gonna do it in um in St Kilda. Um, oh no, okay. no, St Kilda, Altona, um, Color Sound Studios. We were going to do it yeah. there, um, but that's probably going to change now. We're probably going to uh, we've got a we've got a tour in the UK in uh, November. Um, we're playing a couple of festivals. We've got all our rescheduled tour dates. We've got a, we've we've got like thirty shows that we have to reschedule, and we've got a, a tour with the Choir Boys in the UK. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're gonna going to you know extend the trip for an extra two weeks and use that two weeks to record. Um, obviously, have to find a studio and a producer that that suits us. But yeah. I mean, it's either that or we wait till we come back to Australia, um, mm-hmm. and we don't know when we can come back to Australia yet. So we're just holding out 
might be a year, might be might be longer. So who knows? Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> geez, just so many plans on hold for everyone. It's uh, so this support slot with the choir boys. Where did, where was that taking you? Just sort of across Germany or across? Uh, it was it was in the UK. It was um, fifteen dates across the UK. Um, yep. It, it it's pretty crazy. Like it's you know every every city basically. We're just going you know one hour up the road, another gig, another hour up the road. It's it's you know we're covering the entire UK. Pretty much, wow. no one's getting, no one's missing out. So, yeah, like you know, we're on the same label in the UK, and and you know, it was pretty easy setup. We played with them last year, two years ago, I can't remember now. Um, yeah, and it was you know a really cool show. We got along really well, so you know, hit it off, cool. and we're going back on the road, so it should be good. Awesome. And I saw that yeah. you um, announced a new show for November next year, which was the Hard Rock Hell Festival. Yeah, um, yeah, we're doing Hard Rock Hell. Alongside one of my favourites, Skid Row. Ah, cool. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ugly very good band. Yeah, yeah, they're great guys too. They're um, yeah, we've we've played with them on festivals before. Um, and we've hung out with Wit plenty of times. We um, I think it was 2016. I think we were on the road at the same time. We played a few festivals together, and we we're both touring, but we ran into each other like four times on the road because we we're playing the same. They were playing the big venues, and we were playing the clubs. But in the same, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of venues over here that have a big hall with a club attached, right? And so they were playing the big hall while we were playing the club, you know, three or four times on the same tour. We're running into each other, you know, every week with with those guys. So we, you know, we caught up with those guys and hit it off. So, you know, cool. they're really cool dudes. Whit was living in Melbourne for a while. Whit Crane from the Ugly Kid I Joe am. was living in Melbourne for a while. So really, you know, had wow. plenty of, of of late night beers with him over yep. the years so yeah it'll be good to see those guys again and and you know hard rock hell's a, a big festival with you know a lot of diehard fans so it should be good to get out there and, and smash some ears wow so what yeah. what does the uh i mean you sort of touched on it but what does the germany music scene the german music scene look like you know forget 2020 um <laughs> you know, yeah what yeah. does the general nightlife in germany look like with mu- live music Rock and roll over here and hard rock is 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 pop music. Like they they love it. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's so much cooler to go into a bar and hearing, you know, it, going into a bar that looks like a pop you know dance bar, and having you know ACDC or Guns N' Roses playing over the stereo. It's it's so so cool to see young people just loving rock and roll music. It's yeah, it's cool. It's it's, it's great. You know, and and you get on stage and. As soon as you say you're Aussie, all the crowds are like ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just they, they just they just diehard rock and roll fans, and I don't think they'll ever yeah. change. I don't think I don't think the trend of like the rest of the world is going to like indie and pop and that. I don't think Germany will ever change from their their you know loud guitars and you know bashing yeah. the rock and roll stuff out. No way. Bless you, Germany. Bless you. Yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've been at it a long time, Brad. Um, how long has Massive been together? Was it 2012 you guys formed? We started in 2012 um, and basically we started, we, we, we just went into a studio and recorded a couple of songs, me and the drummer, Jared, back then. You know, we were sick of the bands. We're not sick of the bands we were in. We just wanted to do more. Um, I was in a yep. band called Fast Track and he was in a band called The Deep End and we just we just went, you know, stuff it, let's record some songs and, and go and go overseas. <laughs> um so we we 
picked up with a guitarist and a bass player and and we went to America with three songs. Mm. <laughs> um, wow. No idea what the hell we were doing. We just, you know, we, we, went, but we went and got a thousand CDs printed um, in L.A., um, and flew to LA and picked them up from the, from the shop. Um, and then just went out and got absolutely hammered and met people and tried to score some gigs in Hollywood, but no plan, like nothing booked, not, not even any hotel booked. At one point we, we, we didn't have a hotel. We made friends with some backpackers and stayed on the floor with, uh, of someone's backpacking hotel. Um, and we just, we just roughed it and made, mm. you know, made lifelong friends and whatever. And, whether we got anything out of that, it wasn't a matter of making fans and meeting industry people. Yeah. I think it kind of bonded us as a band, um, but it did kind of get us something. When we came back to Australia, we had like a homecoming show. We, you know, we we hit up with like you know, do you know Electric Mary, the Aussie rock yeah. band? Yep, you yeah. know those guys. You know, we hit it off with those guys and played some shows. Okay. Um, and the bass player Alex Ronjack in Electric Mary loved us like just thought we were maniacs because we were these guys that just quit our other bands and got got hammered in la and slept on the floor and were homeless in hollywood (laughs) um yeah so after getting getting pissed with him after one night he um next morning he called us and said i've got a a manager friend that you know might be interested in your band and three days later we had a manager and uh, 18 gigs later we'd, we'd played a dozen gigs like we hadn't played we hadn't been a band for very long um, yeah then we had a manager and then we had an independent label in Australia and then maybe 20 20 gigs later we were signed to a, an international record deal um, <laughs> it, it was just yeah we, re- we recorded an album um, yeah. on the fly we didn't have enough money to pay for it we had to borrow money off, off girlfriends and friends and family to, to pay for this album <laughs> yeah um, and it, well, it was lucky it paid off because then we got the label and, you know, the label gave us an advance to obviously pay back our debts. Yep. And, yep. you know, that was in 2012. And by 2014, we had billboards on, on the, you know, on the motorways in, in the UK and we're in magazines. It, wow. it, it doesn't even make sense because, like, we we don't think we deserved any of that. Like, we didn't do anything for that. We just got lucky and got a label to, to back us. Um and, and, you know, when we landed, we were young and dumb and, you know, thought yeah. it was a party and made the most of it. Now yep. we're a lot smarter and, you know, save a bit of money and make sure we can keep doing it every year. But back then we were just, you know, burning the candle at both ends and going out and, you know, living the dream sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like uh, straight out of a Guns N' Roses biography. Well, yeah, we, we, we sort <laughs> it's of... beautiful we story. Sort of, we sort of based the uh, the band on Guns N' Roses Live at the Ritz, the, uh, the DVD. Yeah. The 1988 MTV live video that they released because that was horrible. Like it was, they were drunk and out of tune and, but it was so ridiculously wild, like people going mental and it's like, yeah, we want to do that. We want to play faster than everybody else and we want to just have fun. We don't care about, you know, creating this well-mastered, beautiful thing. We just want to go out and make as much noise as possible. So that was the yeah. idea of the band and yeah, here we are seven, eight years later. Yeah, it's a crazy story, the Guns N' Roses one. Like I've been listening or watching a lot of, um, you know, old sort of Slash and Duff McKagan interviews just, you know, just going through YouTube and just pulling up all the old stuff that we have access to now and it's yeah. uh, 
pretty fascinating, you know. I read all the biographies and stuff and um, always fell in love with that sort of story. So, yeah, yours definitely reminded me of of all that, especially, you know, going over to LA and stuff like that. That would have been amazing to yeah, uh, look, we, we to just live through. Got got absolutely hammered. We 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 met yeah. Lemmy. We met um, we met oh. Duff McKagan. Oh really? <laughs> we, oh man. Yeah, yeah. We, we just went out and got absolutely pissed and tried to meet people. I, yeah. I remember yeah. when we met when we met Duff. I was wearing a Guns and Roses shirt and I was absolutely yeah. hammered. We, we were just at a bar. We're at Cantor's Deli where Guns and Roses played their first ever like oh. d- local show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had a mate there, an Aussie mate, Kez. It's like come down to the, uh, I think it was, it wasn't the rainbow. It was maybe the Roxy. I can't remember now. Um, Cause you know, Duff's here. So we all just packed up and left and, and ran down and had our CDs in our pockets. And we were just so drunk that I'm pretty sure we just rambled our, you know, his ears off and I probably didn't even give him a CD. I can't remember. We just, just talked absolute <laughs> shit. And I'm sure that I, I can't remember cause I was so drunk, but I, I'm pretty sure he was just like, yeah, cool. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't care. We were like, nah, we're determined to take our CD. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you reminded him of what he was like, you know, back in the early days before they got Yeah, famous. maybe. Maybe, maybe. But I just don't think that he really had time for these three or four Aussies just, just yapping his ear off about how we're going to be the next Guns N' Roses. Yeah, shut up, kids. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. he's. Um, I was watching a, an old Howard Stern interview with, with Duff. Um, sort yeah, of just cool. after he got sober. So it was like 1996 um, and he was looking really good and Howard's like, I don't even know you anymore, man. And um, yeah, <laughs> he played back like an old phone call that Duff had made to to Howard and he was just totally messed up and Duff's cringing just listening to it. So um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> bet. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got to live and you learn. Like, you know, back then, you know, they got their start by you know, trying to copy Motley Crue and Aerosmith and, yeah. and and doing that whole thing, going out on the strip and, and you know, meeting people, like yep. going out and, and being the baddest band in the world. Like, yeah. you know, now nowadays, if you do that, you're going to end up in jail or, you you know, yeah. you're going to have all these, you know, tabloids saying how, you know, horrible you are. So, yep. you know, the times have changed and that isn't cool anymore, but they still lived it. They still did it. They, mm. They've never, they're never going to live that down. That's who they were, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, you read the dirt and um, some yeah, of the absolutely. stuff in there, and uh, in a way, I was surprised that they were able to release the movie, you know, last year or the year before. Um, although yeah. it was pretty pretty censored if you read the book and then watch the movie. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought they were gonna cop some stuff for that, but they didn't seem to. Yeah. Oh, look, it's, it's you know, retelling stories these days. It's like, you know, n- no band is, is stupid enough to be doing that these days. Yeah. Or if they are, they're not going to get anywhere. Um, you know, these days it's more about, you know, should be about the music and it should be about, you know, getting out there and making fans about music. But, um, yeah, the the energy of, of what they did is what we try to create. You know, it's, it's not about being this reckless lifestyle of yeah. doing tons of drugs and, you know, whatever we're we want to sound you know as reckless and crazy as possible on cd um and we also want to live to a 70 so we can keep doing it yeah. for the next you know four or five decades we want to go as long as we possibly can so Absolutely. you know that kind of balance of, of playing rock and roll and also playing rock and roll forever 
Yeah, well, you know, even those guys had to give it up at some point, you know, the lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's why most of them are still able to do it now, I guess, you know, like most of the guns guys, um, aside from Stephen Adler, I guess, but even he's still <laughs> touring on a smaller scale. <laughs> doing the uh, Adler's Appetite. He's doing Guns yeah. N' Roses songs yeah. <laughs> with a cover band. Yeah. That's good. It's still rock and roll. But, you know, he still a, sounds like a positive guy and um, still loves his rock and roll, so that's the main thing. But, uh, yeah, he yeah, sort of absolutely. copped it a bit harder than the other guys, I think. Yeah, probably did the wrong drugs. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think so. They're all, they're, all, they're all doing drugs, but I think some of them were on the wrong drugs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Kind of fried their brains a little bit. So uh, what's up for Massive next year? You mentioned the, the tour with... Uh, Choir Boys, um, Choir Boys, the show with Skid Row later in the year, uh, hopefully recording album number four. Yeah. So at the moment, the, the first half of the year, we're just holding out because we just don't yeah. know. We, we can't afford to book another tour and postpone it. Like, you know, the amount of money, it shouldn't be about money, but like, you know, all the advertising, all everything that we put into the first, the tour and then we get none of that back and, and then don't mm. tour. Like, yeah. It just, just gutted us. We, and we, you know, so we're holding out, we're waiting until, the, you know, midway through the year. And if if nothing else, the end of the year is when we'll kind of really get back onto it. Yeah. Um, we've just got a new booking agent in Australia. So we're talking about getting back hopefully by the end of next year, yeah. um, if not the start of 2022. Um, and, and, you know, doing it properly this time. Because the last time we, we did 15 shows um, and it was good. Like, don't get me wrong. But we, you know, it was really the the end of the the European tour, and 2018 tour was huge. We went to Eastern Europe. We went to to places we can't even pronounce. Um, you know, in in little tiny towns in Romania yeah. and and you know Czech Republic and all these places you'd never expect to go yeah. any any time. You know, um, and then Australia was at the end of it, so it was kind of like, all right, <laughs> we're back home. It was just a a few shows for friends and, and fans and whatever. But when we come back, we want to do something bigger. We want to get out there and, and do a proper big tour and play with some bigger bands, hopefully get on, if there is a festival in Australia, yep. you know, get on something like that and, and do it big. So, yeah, hopefully by the end of this you know, 2021 or start of 2022 back in Australia and, yeah, hopefully just back on the road and continue on from there. Yeah, hopefully. Um, how, how much longer is lockdown in germany at the moment or is it sort of just it's playing it by ear it's ongoing yeah it's ongoing it's it's funny over here like you know everyone has an opinion on covid and whatever there's there's twenty thousand cases every day in germany you know um and it's on the news yeah it's on the news, but it's not like the forefront of everyone's conversations people yeah. just get on with it yeah so apart from the fact that we're sitting in our homes and not going to work. Um, everything else is normal. Yeah. Um, you know, so as long as, you know, as long as we can still afford to eat and pay the rent, we're just, just going on with the flow and basically taking, taking a break until life gets back on with it. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> are you staying creative during this time? Like are you writing heaps or aside from you yeah, know, writing cookbooks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of drained my creative juices for a while. But um, yeah, look, actually, I've I've been writing with with um a couple of rockers over here, not for massive, just for just to keep creative. Yep. Um, we'll probably we'll probably just release a couple of tracks. Give it a, just give it a the side project name. Sweet. Don't even know what it's going to be yet. We've just been doing some songs. 
but really just to keep ourselves creative because yeah. they you know they're all, all their shows are cancelled as well so they're all off doing other things um <laughs> this is totally ridiculous but um there's also a, an Aussie DJ over here that I, I met up with um and it's you know we are worlds apart like you know I'm this drunk rocker from Melbourne and he's this you know, future based DJ from, from Sydney. Yep. <laughs> um, but we both live in Cologne. So we actually got together and, and wrote a song. So we're going to release it um, in January, actually. Sweet. It's, gonna, it's just a, it's just a, a hybrid of, of music that isn't rock and it isn't, you know, techno. It's not dance. It's nothing. It's just music yep. that we think is really cool. Um, and that's, again, that's not to, we're not doing that to become, famous DJs or the next Lincoln Park. We're, we're just doing it because we need to be creative yeah. to keep our brains kind of sane. Otherwise, we'll go mental. Yeah. No, it's cool. Good to do, uh, do something different and work with different people. And uh, Yeah, it's it's actually really cool because I've, I've never done it. Like I've always been yeah. the guy in a band, whether it's been Massive or, or Fast Track or Misty Fizz. It's been, you know, this this whatever's in my brain is going towards that. And for the first time ever, I've gone and hung out with other musos who've sent like who've sent me music so I'm, I'm i'm coming in at the end where there's already this song written or all this all this right. ideas written and i'm putting my ideas on top and i've never done that in my whole life and it's so different like it and it's cool it's a good challenge and it's yeah. it's creating different things for me and and whatnot but you know it's it's just for fun it's you know if anything comes of it that's awesome but if not you know at least i've kept my brain ticking over while while my body sits on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> nice to do different things and work with different people. Um, I'm definitely yeah, all for that. So look forward to hearing it. So, well, I hope next year's, um, well, better for all of us. And I hope you guys can hit yeah, the road yeah, again and, you know, get that fourth album recorded and, and out. And hopefully we can see you back here, um, you know, late next year. And maybe we can do yeah, this man. again and, and talk about, you know where you guys are at then and um yeah so where, where can people find you so you got massive oz.com that's oz yeah oz yeah and yep. and and all the socials facebook twitter insta is all massive oz so yeah cool you know just at massive oz and you'll find us we're you know run all of them sweet <laughs> it's not well, hard to find us cool man well um i've got a um a fox on the wire playlist of all the guests that i have on the show so um, I'm going to add a couple of tracks from you guys, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's really cool. Thank you. Sweet. Well, yeah, should be nice cool. To, man. Um, nice to catch up with you, Brad. It's um, absolutely, mate. Long it's, time it's overdue, actually. To, uh, yeah, man. When we're back in Oz, we'll uh, definitely catch up for a beer or thirty. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, sounds good, man. Look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for being on the show, and thanks everyone for tuning no worries, in. Man. Go and check out Massive. Absolutely. Um, MassiveOz.com and Grab yourself a cookbook. I might do the same, actually. Get inspired. <laughs> Shameless plug. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, everyone. Rock and roll. Cheers.